Welcome to Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. <laughs> Bienvenidos empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. Hey, pal. What's good? Too many beverages last night? Too many. <laughs> yes, too many. Oh, I had to. I had to start off with a toe pun, buddy. I don't know how many I'm going to go through today, but I might do a couple here. Yeah. It, uh, it was one of those stumbling around in the dark, and I kicked a tree root as hard as I could. Oh, I'll tell you, I saw a star. That's how bad it was. Jamming your toes or smashing your toes up against furniture or anything in general has to be worse than delivering a baby. Oh, big time. Or worse than like getting a kick in the nuts. Well, you know, I understand that giving birth is like the most painful experience and you hear all of the the logic and, and for us guys we honestly we just have to take their word for it yeah and and i just i just think to myself you know getting kicked in the balls you've never heard a guy like even years later say you know what kick me in the balls again you know <laughs> yeah no like once was good enough and yet women are having three and four children. I don't know. I don't, you tell me. <laughs> well, that's also our fault, right? Because we're just so yeah. good. It's probably why we needed the kick in the nuts. <laughs> that's why I got my stuff snipped, bro. My wife's oh. like, you're done, buddy. <laughs> After the last one. Oh, you got snipped, eh? I did. I did get snipped. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I'm pretty I've heard a lot of different horror stories. Mine was fine, actually. Yeah. Mine was fine. I played it up. Now, so, like, is there, is there like a little guillotine? So and you just put your stuff in there? I can actually tell you exactly. <laughs> I don't know if if we people want to hear this, but I can tell you exactly how it goes because okay. they don't put you under. Would this uh, be a would this be a mailbag segment? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm going to have to play. We've got a couple mailbag questions, so I'm going to have to go live on the mailbag song, entry, oh. song there too as well. So this is uh, – we're still remote, and we need your production prowess back, buddy, because <laughs> it's slim pickings on my side. Uh, yeah, man. So the reason we did it first off is I'm done having kids. I don't care. Like, and honestly, I just, I, I don't want any more responsibility. I've got enough with three. I didn't want any more oopses. I didn't want anything like that, dude. Like I just, my wife and I did not want to have another child. 
And I felt it's a lot easier for a man to do it than for her to do it. More complications. She went through all that. So why not? And uh, pretty simple, man. I actually laid back and they numb it down there. And I actually sat up because I was curious to see, you know, what it was. And they literally just take like a little heat laser and they open up your uh, your sack and they grab a little like basically a hook, like a needle, like a needle point hook. And they pull out these little red things, the Vans Deferens, I guess they're called or whatever. And they snip them and they cauterize them, put them back in two stitches and done. And luckily for me, man, it was like, you know, it does feel like you got kicked in the nuts when they pull them out. And once it's done, but it wasn't bad. I didn't suffer through it. I mean, I played it up for an entire week, right? Where I laid on the sofa and said I couldn't move, but it was all bullshit because I wanted to get spoiled. You know, like it wasn't that bad at all. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Good tip. Good tip to know. You know what a quick swift in the, uh, kick in the nuts is, Matt? Oh, what's that? PFF social media, bro. Oh, my oh, God. Oh. I they can't. Go ahead, buddy, because I'm going to rant. They do this to trigger the Packer fans. They do this to trigger the Packer fans. They, they, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. The issue I have with PFF is from a content standpoint, and their player grades are actually pretty good. Obviously, there's some, something's missing within their algorithm. algorithm. Nobody's perfect, right? But they're pretty damn close and pretty predictive of what the player did during the year. So, it's hard for me because it's like a love hate. I like their numbers. I like their website. I, I welcome paying for the service. Patreon would be nice. So it's not coming out of our pocket so we can continue deep diving, but um, their social media posts, you would figure they would have some, some connection to their actual data of what they post as opposed to opinions on social media versus their website. Cause it's not representative of what they are as an organization and it irritates the living shit out of me dude because it does it triggers me because i know their data i spend all fucking day on their data when i think of a question or when we get a question and then i see them post that shit and it annoys the living hell out of me and it's not just packers dude like they they snubbed justin jefferson you know and it's like how the fuck are you snub like yeah i hate the vikings has nothing to do with justin jefferson who's one of the top wide receivers like he's close to two right like behind adams i I, I put him up there with him um jamar chase i know is his first year but like how do you have jamar chase above justin jefferson i get the super bowl run but come on you know those things so it's not just packer fans it's across the board they like triggering fan base irritating because make the list based on how they finished on their website with their grades which is what validates their website do you agree yeah Oh. Yeah, completely. Right. So they came up with a top 10 list of running backs for 2022. You sounded so, so disappointed when, when, when you said, do you agree? And I said, yes. <laughs> no, well, I know, I, I, I know you agree. It's just, it's so, fr- I, I really am. I'm frustrated. Like it made me go down this road. And as I'm working, like I'd go into an appointment and then I was just like super nervous, dude, because I'm like, I'm going to dive into PFF and I'm totally called them out this morning. And then I'm going to look at the data and I'm going to be fucking wrong. And then I'm going to have to call it. Guess what? I'm not wrong. I'm going to use, I'm going to use PFF 
to show that PFF social media is fucking hot garbage. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. All right. So let, let's start at the top, right? And because I don't need to go beyond probably the top two running backs or three running backs in this, because I was going to work my way down and put a lot of thought into this. But the first person I looked up, who's the consensus number one running back in the NFL right now that you think? Oh. Workhorse uh, for their team, three down back. Yeah. I guess Henry, right? Well, I, I would argue Jonathan Taylor. Oh, yeah. No, okay, yeah. Jonathan Taylor, too. Yeah. I mean, both okay. of them are – you take both of them off that team, and that team changes dramatically. Like Christian McCaffrey, right? Like, value to their team and talent-wise, there's three guys that I have. I have Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, and Derrick Henry as taught – like, just the, not the gold standard. And the reason that I'm not putting Dylan and Jones in that conversation is because they're splitting work 60-40. We're talking about a guy toting the rock basically at least – 60 to 70 percent of the time and getting i mean at least 10 to 15 percent of the catches so you're talking about a dude that's touching the rock on 75 percent of plays right 60 to 75 percent of plays one guy as opposed to of running plays um as opposed to aaron jones and and aj Dillon, who split that work evenly or fairly even 64 okay so who do you want to start with christian mccaffrey or jonathan taylor taylor all right, we're going to start with Taylor then, and we're going to work our way back the last few seasons and compare their seasons first off to Aaron Jones, okay? Because Aaron Jones is the guy that I'm going to defend here because he is just completely left off of all of the lists. And as I went down this road, I found A.J. Dillon is the same. So, like, what I'm saying about Aaron Jones is pretty much the same, but I want to focus on Aaron Jones. So, Jonathan Taylor, last year, 2021, stud running back, right? He had 332 total carries, number one in the league. Total rushing yards, 1,811 yards, first in the league. 18 rushing touchdowns, first in the league. Yards per carry, 5.5 tied for second. Wow. Number one. Number one in the league, number one running back in the league right now. I'm I'm not even going to argue with it. His overall grade was an 87. His rushing grade was a 90 behind that offensive line. And his receiving was a 62.5. Okay? Yep. So, to kind of make it fair and relative, I'm going to say, okay, so he had 48 targets, 40 receptions, 360 yards, and two receiving touchdowns. He had three drops. Okay. Carries 332, obviously, I said this, for 1,811, 18 touchdowns, 5.5 yards per attempt. He had four fumbles. Uh, he did have, and here's what, what differentiates him from what I feel why he's the number one running back in the league. Explosive runs of 10-plus yards, he had 50. 50 runs above 10 yards in the season. That is by far and away the best number. So let's go to Aaron Jones, right? So Aaron Jones... 2021 now obviously we're going to divide everything in half and it's actually uh 40 it was 40 60 split so 40 percent of the of the carries but 171 carries for 799 yards so that's exactly half so if we extrapolate that out to a full season and if he was the workhorse he would have 342 carries for 1800 yards okay 
1,798 yards, he'd have eight touchdowns. Now, yards per carry, 4.7, which is lower than his career average of 5.3. But he he does. He gets injured, which is why we have A.J. Dillon. But to be fair, but when you look at his overall grade, 82.8, 83.9, 72.5. So he has a better receiving grade than Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, rushing grade, not so much. But that's not what we're asking him to do, and especially not what we asked him to do last year, right? Um, What we asked – Aaron Jones to do was be the number two target for Aaron Rodgers last year with the injuries that we had to MBS, the time lost by, by our wide receivers last year, Randall Cobb specifically as well. He had 64 targets, 52 receptions, 391 yards, six receiving touchdowns and four drops. So better receiving numbers, more receiving touchdowns, less drops. Now yards per carry, obviously, so no question, Jonathan Taylor, right? Let's go to the yeah. number two. Um, and, and actually, let's let's just stick with Jonathan Taylor here. And we're going to go back to last year with Jonathan Taylor. Um, and we'll go back to Aaron Jones's as well. This is going to be a little bit more comparable for 2020 because Aaron Jones had 201 carries, 10th in the league for 1,104 yards, nine touchdowns and 5.5 yards per carry. Why? Because A.J. Dillon was sprinkled in. This is closer to what Jonathan Taylor did in his year, right? So overall grade in 2020 for Aaron Jones was a 79.4 overall, 79 rushing grade, 76 receiving grade, bro. So Again, 61 targets, 47 catches, 355 yards, two receiving touchdowns. He had 26 explosive plays that year. So let's go to Jonathan Taylor, the number one back. And last year he showed up. He had 232 carries, so pretty much the same number of carries. He had. He was eighth in carries. Um, Aaron Jones was 10th uh, in carries. 232 for 1169, 11 touchdowns. Five yards per carry. So Aaron Jones, when being used as more of a workhorse back, had more yards per carry. Overall grade, 83.9 for Mr. Jonathan Taylor. 84 rushing, 73 receiving. Same. Same running back. So you're talking about putting Aaron Jones on a young guy who has very little tread, who's being used as a workhorse on that level, the number one running back in the league. Right? Yeah. All right. Let's any thoughts on just what you think about Aaron Jones not being in the te- top 10 running back conversation um, before we get into Christian McCaffrey. Well, who are the other running backs? On the top 10 list? Yeah. All right. Let me pull it up real quick. Yeah. Yeah, who are they, who who are they saying are the top ten? Because as soon as I say, oh well, Aaron Jones is better than that guy, then right? I mean, we've all got our favorites and whatnot, but let's be realistic. Aaron Jones is not Jonathan Taylor. He's not Derrick Henry. Now, could Dylan be Derrick Henry this year? I don't know. You know, this is going to be interesting to see. I mean, out of the two, I think we've seen all of Aaron Jones's potential and Dylan's the ceiling we haven't seen yet. I agree. Well, we didn't even. To, to the point of this is we hardly used A.J. Dillon last year. He was still figuring out the offense. He was still trying to find his way, right? I mean, that, I think that's the biggest thing is 
this is the first year. Last year, we got a pretty good glimpse of the split. I have a feeling this is the year that we're really going to see what this running attack looks like. Yeah. Right? I mean, there, there there's no question here. So, um, as I'm going through this, let me pull it up, Matt. I'm sorry. I'm having to scroll through Twitter because, as you know, we're recording on the phone. And I do not have Twitter on my laptop because then I never do any work. Um, let me see. Here it is. PFF top 10. There we this go. Is ridiculous, man. Like, I see it again, and it just it... – <laughs> oh, my God. What are we going to do, buddy? What are we going to do with, with PFF? All okay, right. 10. So, oh, hold on. Where'd it go? Oh, this is this is riveting stuff, man. Let me tell you. I'm glad we're recording live, and I can't edit this. Here it is. All right. PFF. <sighs> Number one, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, agree. Number two is Christian McCaffrey. Okay, a guy who's played six games in the last two seasons. Yeah, no, I get it. I get why. Okay. Number three is Austin Eckler. Uh, who's number four? Najee Harris. Hmm. Getting worse. Yeah. Right. Like now. Wait a second. Okay. Go on. Who's five? Number five is Derek Henry. What five? Derrick Henry's five on this yes. list. Yes. Yes. What is that all about? Derrick Henry should be top two. Well, what were the names I said? I said Derrick Henry, and then you said Jonathan Taylor. I was like, those are the two. Christian McCaffrey, yes, except Christian McCaffrey can't stay out of the injury box. Right. And and Derrick Henry did get injured, remember, and they did not yeah. do well when he's off. But yeah, that's Austin Eckler got injured. Christian McCaffrey hasn't played, and they're above him, so that's not a question, right? And then guess who's at number six? Who? Dalvin Cook. Really? Okay. I mean, Dalvin Cook is a is a great running back, but I think Aaron Jones is definitely better than at least two of those guys that are on the list. Who's number seven? Joe Mixon. Oh, see, I think Mixon should be top five. I agree. He, he he really kept the Bengals in that in that Super Bowl. I agree. And he kept them in the game with us and almost beat us. And then they took it away from him and then he lost that game. Yeah. So yeah, I, mean, I agree. He's a top 10. DeAndre yeah, Swift. Uh, that's not good. Why don't they just put David Montgomery on this to make the fucking clean sweep of the <laughs> NFC North? <laughs> uh, wow. Number nine, Leonard Fournette. Hmm. I don't know. Leonard's kind of stepped off last year. I don't know. And this year he looks just, he looks just way out of shape this year. Yep. And then number 10 is all potential. It's Javonta Williams who's sharing a backfield, you know, like he's still not the clear. Okay. I get it, but he's proven nothing on this list. Aaron should have been in at least the top six. We could have, we could have replaced Najee with him. We could have replaced Dalvin cook with him. We could have replaced John, uh, DeAndre Swift with him, Leonard Fournette, anywhere on this list. He's better than one. Well, two, see, three, and this five. is the thing. This is the thing. I get that Fournette's good, right? But Dylan is Dylan's better than Fournette. So potentially we should have two of them up there. Isn't this insane? Like I'm telling you, just it really bothered me. And then when I saw the two NFC North running backs, I'm like, now you guys are just fucking trolling the Packers and I'm fucking done with you. You guys are trash. Like whatever. Yeah. 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 
So what I want to do is I want to compare Christian McCaffrey's actual full season because we're going to be fair that he did not play last year. He did not play in 2020, really. But the last season, he had basically a full season that compares to Aaron Jones's full season is 2019. So I'm going to compare Aaron Jones 2019 to Christian McCaffrey's, and they're pretty damn close in terms of carries. You know, obviously Christian McCaffrey used a little bit more than Aaron Jones was because of the need that they had there. And we had uh, Jamal, and, you know, we had – we've always kind of taken care of our running backs and not ever used just one running back. Um, Yeah. Since I guess Eddie Lacy was the last guy that we used that way, right? Yeah, when uh, Aaron Rodgers was hurt. Yeah. So 2019 stats for Christian McCaffrey, what most people consider one of the best running backs in the league. 287 carries, fourth in the league, 1,387 yards, third in the league, 15 rushing touchdowns, third in the league, 4.8 yards per carry, 86.5 overall grade. Here is why Christian McCaffrey was a stud. He had 135 targets that year with 116 receptions, 1,005 yards, and four receiving touchdowns. Only four, only six drops on 135 targets. Wow. All right. Just amazing. Let's go to Aaron Jones. 2019. (laughs) Kind of crazy. So 235. 235 carries for 1,078 yards, 16 touchdowns. He had the most touchdowns in that league, more than Christian McCaffrey, and 4.6 yards per carry, more than Christian McCaffrey, 84.8. So in Christian McCaffrey's best season that he's ever had, he was less than a percentage point better than Aaron Jones, according to PFF. And they're fucking greats. Not somebody else's. They're fucking greats. Crazy. That year, he had 67 targets for 50 receptions, 480 yards, and three touchdowns. So he had 18, 19 total touchdowns that year. And the point I'm trying to make is how can you exclude Aaron Jones from a top 10 list when we're talking about historic seasons for Christian McCaffrey, historic seasons for Jonathan Taylor as a rookie and coming into his second season the way that he ran and that he played for that team well not historic but just fantastic and you're gonna snub my boy Mr. 915 Showtime and not even look give him a glance on this list PFF is trash yeah yeah absolutely absolutely we can pick any player on this list you know what Fuck the Vikings. I'm going to look up Dalvin Cook right now as we're speaking because this is just – I want to shoot somebody. I'm like, wow. Don't say that. 86 that. Penis vagina, penis vagina. You're supposed to edit it. <laughs> All right. Last year, 250 carries. So pretty much the same as, as Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones had 171, right? But whatever. 1,159 rushing yards, fifth in the league. He only had six rushing touchdowns with the fifth most attempts inside the 20 for a running back. So everybody's expecting positive regression. Maybe he's just not as good as you guys think he is. Just like the Vikings think that they're better than they actually are and the media is starting to latch onto this and it's starting to irritate me. But 4.6 yards per carry, a 65 
overall grade. 65. And he's on this fucking list when Aaron Jones was at an 81. You know what A.J. Dillon was? 89.8. 89.8. That's elite fucking numbers, and he's not on this list. That's a lot of numbers in the last 23 minutes. It is. <laughs> let's, let's break down your feelings. What do it's you think, man? A like, lot of numbers. It's yeah, a lot I'm, of numbers. I'm done. It's, it sounded it sounded like we were listening to a math podcast. <laughs> beep boop, beep boop. I get it, man. PFF is terrible. Everybody knows PFS PFF is terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And then every time every time they try and justify something, it's like they're idiots. So you know what? We know who's better. We know who's better because we see it. We see it all the time. We don't get the accolades. We don't get the accolades because Aaron Rodgers is on the field, right? Just like Brett Favre, they, nobody gave, you know, Thomas Jones the year before only ran for like 800 yards and then Favre joins the Jets and suddenly they can't put eight in the box because they got to keep two safeties high and Thomas Jones goes for like 1400 yards. And then the next year he goes for 800 because Favre wasn't there anymore. Right. So they, they put like this number on this i think oh well the aaron Rodgers factor it's it's exactly why like matt lafleur hasn't won coach of the year how do you not win coach of the year you take your team you take the team that was i mean we were floundering a little bit yes we had aaron Rodgers in the talent but we, we were floundering we couldn't keep it together we couldn't get it going he comes in 13 and 3 13 and 3 right 13 and 4 like no problem like it's nothing like this is what i'm expecting to do and he's not getting coach of the year? I don't get it. This is the year that we might get it, right? Because if he's able to do this without – because the media narrative is Devontae Adams is gone. We have one of the worst receiving cores in the league. I'll kind of tend to agree with that. We don't have the worst. I'd say the Texans, the Bears are worse than us and probably the Falcons. And then because we have so much unproven, I'll put us there, you know? But yeah. the Immediate. So until that's one of the positions where I'm saying, until you prove it, I can't argue with anybody. But the only thing I'm asking for, I, I'm not trying to be a homer. I want things to be right. I want people to be ranked properly, whether they're on another team or not. I think it's just, I hate the talking heads. I like the content creators that put their own spin on things. And I get it. If you, if you do the research and you have an opinion, fantastic. But somebody likes to hear something and say something. It's just, it's crazy to me, man. Uh, you know these, these these guys that have never played before, and all they did was use Madden and read stats and live in their parents' basement, and then they came out and oh, they, look at look at these algorithms we came up with, why a quarterback's passer rating, you know, has to be 150. Like there's so many of these weird stats that we keep that you just kind of look at them and you think to yourself, like, which, 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 you know, lonely loser came up with that stat and was like, Oh yeah, that's going to be the greatest stat in the world. How many times the quarterback uh, drinks a uh, blue Gatorade in the third half, right? Like, and these are the same guys that always come up with, Oh, you know, uh, when uh, Rogers is playing on, uh, on a uh, Friday night, if it's uh, after eight o'clock, he's uh 96.4%. But if it's before eight o'clock, like who, what? shut up. Exactly. 100%, man. I, I, I'm totally on board with you. And that's the only thing I'm trying to do is just 
they do it in it, baseball all the time. Oh, oh uh, in the month of our, in the month of uh, August, when there's a runner on first and third, and it's in the seventh inning, he's been the best batter all in the major leagues. Holy fuck! Could you narrow it down to that one moment? <laughs> you it know? is the off season. It does give us something to talk about. Let's uh, let's go to commercial and let's do mailbag. This is TJ Williams out of Las Vegas, Nevada. This is Matt coming to you from Cincinnati. Hey friends, this is Colton Moore from Central Illinois. This is the Macho Man Randy Savage. This is Shelly from Bourne, Michigan. Bales of Hay, and I'm from Kansas City. Hey, this is Jamie Cheesebutt. I'm from LA, California. Hey everyone, this is Ella from Southern Cali. This is Nebels from Chicago, Illinois, and you are listening to Packers Without Borders, the finest podcast in all the land. Thank you for listening to Packers Without Borders. You can catch us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on patreon.com front slash Packers Without Borders for some exclusive content behind the scenes. Check out our merchandise on TeePublic, Packers Without Borders. Peace. Go Pack Go. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. 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 Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. You are listening to my dad and his friend Bruce on Packers without borders. All right, we're back. Mailbag. All right, pal. I'm going to try to play this live. And I have not Mailbag. played it. It's probably going to sound like shit. I did have a beer to loosen up the gullet and okay. the vocal cords. But here we yeah. go. Let's do it. That sounds pretty good, huh? Yeah. Mailbag. Not the one with heaven with an envelope. How'd you come up with that? Seriously. It's organic gold, baby. Okay, mailbag. Let's do it. First question we got is, what is our pregame ritual? It's a little bit early for that type of question, but I think we can uh, talk about how we prepare for a season, right? Like, what is it that you do? Throughout the season, that's consistent that you do every week, no matter what. I guess we can talk, we can answer the question that way because there's no pregame right now. But so, what is a ritual that you do week in and week out with getting ready for a Packers game? I don't work that day, I don't care what's happening, I don't work that day. And I wake up and I uh, have a good breakfast, and then I get on a jersey, the jersey that's been winning in the last few weeks, right? I'm a firm, I'm a firm believer that me from my couch in Canada can affect the outcome. <laughs> and, then, and then I watch the game. I mean, I don't really have too much of a pregame. I can tell you this, and this is, this goes back to my very first game that I ever played all throughout when I coached. And even when I watched the Packers, I, 
I feel like I could throw up at any, any given moment until they kick that ball off. Once I see that ball, at the moment his foot hits the ball, my stomach tightens up and I'm ready to go. I am very similar to you. I have the same jersey. I always start off with Aaron Jones because I want yeah. them to run rock. Like that, that's just like, I kind of think of the player that I want them to highlight that game more than anything. But because we've been winning so much, I've had a tendency to keep the same jersey. I don't wash it no matter what, which is a little bit unfortunate for my family when we're winning as much as we are and we're on a, on a hot streak. But same jersey. And I always have my 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 kawama mug, my big huge like it's like a bamboo. It's a giant bamboo root or whatever you want plant that's cut and hollowed out that has enough room for two and a half beers. And I prepare that and I set it right on the little side table in my recliner. I uh, throw everybody their jersey in the family, right? And they all put them on regardless of whether they're going to watch the game or not because they usually kind of filter through and and poke in if it's a really important game, especially if it's a uh, like a rival game like the Bears or the Vikings. My wife will definitely sit down or if it's like the Niners or Tampa or one of the she always sits for the big games with me and she's got her jersey on. And yeah, man, it's just it's it's the same thing like leading up to it. I'm just like. Nerves, 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 nerves. And then I start screaming at the TV and then I sit down and I start drinking beer and then I scream at the TV the rest of the way. Yeah. Well, that's that way they can hear you. Yeah. Of course they can. It's like, it's like Matt LaFleur on the sideline in Lambo, which is something kind of weird that happens at Lambo that I don't understand with the home field advantage that we have. The fact that the coach and the players have to turn around to the crowd on a third down to start raise and like raising their hands, like get loud Lambo and they have to tell people to get loud is a little bit annoying to be honest with you. That's something that bothers me. Like I would expect that stadium from first down to fourth down to be yelling and losing your voice like I do. And it doesn't happen. That that's a little kind of weird thing that happens in Lambo that, that actually irritates me. So I guess I have to do it for my house too. Right. When I'm not at, at the stadium, I have to scream and maybe they'll hear it. Nice. All right. Next. All right. Next question. Number two by beer for you at beer for you. And it's funny because it's a running back question. And I had a little bit of a back and forth this weekend with JJ because we're coming up on our 53 man roster prediction bet here pretty quick right after training camp. So he's yeah. trying to cheat and uh, get my thoughts so he can beat me again because he beat me by one. But on the running backs, who is going to be that third running back, Matt? Kalen Hill. Do you have some? I have some thoughts on as to why. What is it that you like about Kylan Hill that you think is going to make him that lock number three? You know, he had that unfortunate injury, and uh, he's been working out. And I mean, he knows the playbook. We saw sparks. I mean, this is this is the conundrum, right? And we see this all the time, especially with the draft and develop. We watch Aaron Jones kind of emerge, and then we get Dylan, and it's like, wow, we got two great backs. And then all of a sudden, we have this third back, this Hill kid. And when he goes out there and he gets limited action, he's putting up pretty good numbers. And suddenly, we go, wait a second, have we got three, right? And and and. I think I think it's Hill. I know Patrick Taylor might be a uh, close fourth. 
here's the reason that I think we're going to keep Kylan Hill. Other than the fact that the dude, based on basically one game at Mississippi or one season at Mississippi State, so you know he had 734 yards as a sophomore, 1350 as a junior, um, but really what set him aside was he had 15 catches against Kentucky broke a school record for the most receiving yards by a running back with 158 yards versus LSU. I think that game is kind of what lit the spark on the Packers where it's like that. He's the, he's the prototypical typical third down back or receiving back. Who's got some juice can can play on obviously on special teams. He did a fantastic job. That's how he ended up getting injured. I found it. This is the same nugget of why I thought he was going to make the roster last year um, and why I think they're going to keep him this year. So Luke Getze was our offensive coordinator last year, right? So he was the offensive coordinator at Mississippi state. Magically we take Kylan Hill with Luke Getze as offensive coordinator. Guess where Luke Getze is now. He's the offensive, the assistant offensive coordinator. He is the offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. Oh, yeah, right. Do you honestly believe that we're going to let Kylan Hill not? We're not going to let him go because what are the Bears going to do? The second they're going to scoop him up. So I think that's 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 kind of my my deep, deep digging as to why I think he's going to make the roster. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably pretty good. So there you go. That was mailbag for me. Did we have anything in the DMs there, buddy? Nothing. Nothing. People, if you want to hear that Grammy award-winning song, we need to get some questions. The fuck? Right? So I I do want to tell you about my two uh, camping hacks or breakfasts. One is my, uh, we call it the the Matt Muffin. And it's it's uh, you take a nice Kaiser bun and uh, you uh, uh, put some butter on it. You put it on an, on the iron skillet, iron skillet on like medium until it gets a little crust on that bun. And then I put uh, scrambled eggs, bacon and a craft cheese slice on there. And I'll tell you, the kids just absolutely devour it and they're full for most of the morning. And then I was telling Bruce about our, our breakfast burrito. So I do almost the same thing, but I do it with a pancake and we do like that instant. What's it now called? The Pearl Mining Company. Right. Can't can't call it Aunt Jemima anymore. Got to call it the Pearl Mining Company or whatever it is. Okay. They, so it's that instant pancake stuff and we make a nice big pancake and then we throw in uh, uh, scrambled eggs, bacon and a cheese slice in there. I'm telling you that cheese slice is everything. The cheese slice is everything. But uh, again, the, the kids dip it in syrup. They, they eat them up like they're going out of style. It's a quick, easy thing to do with that uh, camping. So uh, there's your uh, cooking with Matt tips. <laughs> How to make the Matt muffin and a breakfast burrito. How to clog your arteries and uh, constipate your children. Matt Muffin! Woo, woo, woo! Excellent! Party time! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's our last night here. So, uh, it's been uh, bliss. It's been absolute bliss. But uh, we got to get back. And uh, I got to get back to my business. And we got to get ready. We come back out here again in August. 
we do the same uh, 10 days again. So, well, you know, buddy, I, I, you have to take advantage of that. I was talking to my wife about this the other day, just because we love camping. I don't know if I can make it more than probably six or seven days. Um, just, and I know they have the warm showers and they have the shitters and, you know, you have utilities or whatever the hell you want or services. What do you call those things? Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Services. Yeah. So if you Amenity. Amenities. Amenities. That's the word. So you can take a warm shower. You can do that. But there comes a point where I'm just like, there's as much as you wash with that, there's still that bit of kind of, you're not fully clean. That kind of gets to me a little bit. And that's a little bit of my OCD, I guess. And I was talking to my wife about this and you are a trooper, man, but you got to do it right because Canada and especially where you live with the weather, the way it is, you have to take advantage of these beautiful days that you have. And it's not like it is out here in the desert. I mean, you hit the same temperatures we do apparently, which is fucking insane to me, but you do get a lot more rain. So that kind of at least helps alleviate the, the heat during we, periods of time. We have this year, and it has been the record-setting amount. It has been the most amount for our area uh, ever in its recorded history. So we, normally we get, uh, out of every seven days, we get one day of precipitation. And, uh, you know, we get a couple of cool days in there in the summer. And what we've been getting is is three days of rain and four days of, holy moly, is it hot. So it is stupid humid. I mean, everything is ridiculously green. Everything is growing like you wouldn't believe. And the water levels are really high up, which is good because we had the drought last year. Yeah. But, yeah, no, we only get so many days. Like, you know those days when I've talked to you and I've, I've worked like 20 hours straight plowing snow and i put the truck we put a truck in the ditch i put a truck in the ditch i broke a taillight in one truck like you know and, and you just you're working and working and working until dang near exhaustion and it, it anytime i think i hit that wall and i'm not going to make it i always close my eyes and i remember i'm going to be sitting right here for 20 days this summer and i'm going to be listening to the loons and i'm going to be watching sunsets and like my kids my kids were in the lake today, probably six hours and they've been in the lake every day that we could probably four to five hours, right. Just swimming. Right. And then, then there's fishing and we've been on canoe rides and it, it, it it's a good trip. It's uh, it's you know, quality time. You know, buddy, that's one of the biggest changes I made in my life a couple years ago. Um, my wife and I made a, conscious decision once our kids were old enough to where you're not changing diapers and carrying shit around and they're kind of self-sufficient you know um that i used to work like and just like work myself to death until my my battery finally like it was literally like i needed a computer hard like a hard drive reset where my body just couldn't do it anymore i would stop and before it was just like i would sleep for like 17 hours straight wake up and let's go and then go again and then just one vacation for like a week, two weeks, recharge the batteries and then start all over again. And what we've ended up doing 
um, where we changed away from that is now I, we try to take these like three and four day trips, like just longer weekends spread out as opposed to these huge long trips. Just kind of like what I did with you. You know what I mean? Where we went up there for a couple days. It, it feels good. It helps you recharge a little bit, I guess, because you always need vacation from vacation. But that's one of the biggest changes that my wife and I made was you. I mean, dude, I'm telling you, man, you, you work harder than the reason we get along is we work hard. You know what I mean? Like we work hard, play hard. That that's kind of the way life is. That's that's the type of people I hang out with. I don't. I, I just I like people that that put as much effort into work and are driven people because that's the way that you play as well. And it just it started getting to me a little bit with my health. I started losing weight with that, you know, because there's just so many months of stress in those two weeks or one week of stopping wasn't enough. So I started spreading it out into smaller little three day, four day kind of weekends where whether it's just going to the lake or even renting a hotel in town with the girls and letting them swim, you know, just getting out and just kind of shutting off is what we've ended up doing these last couple of years. See, and I, you know, I'd like to be able to do that with my business. There's only a couple of opportunities during the year that I can kind of dip away. And uh, I, we, we found because one year what we were doing is, is we were coming to the lake, we would come out Thursday after work and I'd go back on Monday and these little four days and I was finding that I wasn't relaxed until Sunday and then I'd wake up Monday and it's like okay I'm going back today mm, right yeah yeah I just wasn't getting that relaxed time and when I came out here it was the fourth day when all of a sudden everything turned off and I was just I was just floating in the lake and we were you know, uh, uh, we went to the, it's, it's a burger joint here. I've posted a picture. It's a, you know, they got burgers and fries and hot dogs and ice cream for the kids, right? It's like the tourist trap and they got the miniature golf and the, the, the miniature golf is just absolutely terrible, but it's fun for the kids. And uh, uh, we went and had burgers and ice cream and miniature golf and then wandered through town a little bit. And then, uh, you know, the best part is, is that you're on no schedule. You're just, uh, this is when we're going to have breakfast. Oh, when are we going to have lunch? Well, when we're hungry again. When are we going to have dinner? Well, when we're hungry around dinner time, right? Like there's no, you know, it, it, today because it's the last night and the Lazy Loon is my son's absolutely favorite place for us to eat, even though I make the exact same burgers here at the campsite. No sure. problem. Sure. Uh, you know, sure. like my burgers are a little better because it's not, you know, uh, uh, processed or anything like that. It's just lean ground beef, salt and pepper. But, you know, he's, he's got his favorites. He's got what he likes. He likes those French fries. So we uh, had it again tonight and uh, everybody's just kind of, we've got everything uh, like 80% packed. So we're all set to uh, wake up. We're going to have breakfast, uh, have a little swim and then uh, load up the uh, trailer and three hours back to civilization. How are you going to be able to push the pedals with your broken toe? Oh, it's on my left foot. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's not broken. It's it's I think what I did was is I dislocated the end because it it's it's a, it's still a little swollen, but it's not like black and blue like if I broke it. But I'll tell you, jamming that freaking thing and it's why is it always in full swing? I don't know. I don't know. That that is it's like golf, dude. You just it's like toe gods. I don't know. <laughs> right? Why yeah. is it always in full swing? Why is it always when I'm trying to just relax and I'm standing near my bed that I kick my leg and my fucking pinky toe tries to take the leg off the bed? 
right? Like, why? Uh, I don't know. Pal, I've got one more thing for you, and it is really rapid fire, so we can close out the show. All right? Okay. I'm going to give you I, – I found an article on SI that says 20 reasons why the Packers will win the Super Bowl. I like the list, and you're just going to say yes or no. All right? Okay. No insight. Aaron Rodgers will be a four-time MVP. Oh, well, we'd prefer it to be no so that we win the Super Bowl because 89% of the time the MVP doesn't win the Super Bowl. And ever since 1999, the MVP's never played in the Super Bowl. There you go. So let's go no. Are we, the Packers will have a top five defense. Yes. Rich Basaccia leads the we fence. So he fixes our special. Yeah, I think so. The weakness in the NFC North is going to help us. Yes, 100%. David Bakhtiari returns. Yeah, well, you hope. Jair Alexander returns. Yeah, well, he should. Sign him to all that money. Robert Tanyan returns. Hopefully. He, He was running around, right? Yeah, you never know, right? When the doctors say yes, that's when they get to go. All right, this is a good one. Turnovers. During his three seasons, the Packers are league blessed plus 32 in turnovers. Will they continue? Yes. Turnover battle. Yes, we will win the turnover battle. Big play Aaron Jones is going to show up. I think so. A powerful A.J. Dillon. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. Our 2021 draft class is going to contribute. Big time. Yep. Eric Stokes. Yeah, absolutely. Our 22 NFL draft class is going to contribute. Oh, big time. Yeah, Wyatt, Quay Walker, Watson, Torre, Dobbs. Yep, yeah, 100%. The interior of this defensive line and Kenny Clark are going to be Oh, big time. Yep. The interior? Yeah, big time. Rashawn Gary is a rising star. Yes, he is, 100%. (laughs) If Andre Campbell will get his first Pro Bowl bid, he is an all-pro. Yeah, absolutely. Do that play, that level. Yeah, yeah. Mason Crosby being Mason. Yeah, yeah. I think we have to expect him to miss a couple, but yeah. Home field advantage in Lambeau Field. Will we continue our dominance dominance 22 and 2 at home? Are we going to continue that way? Are we going to win th- are we only going to lose 3 or 4 games this season again, man? Yeah, I think we lose 5, but I think that we're going to win all of our home games. This is an interesting man. I, I, I like this, and I'm going to give you a little context on this one because this is super awesome, and it actually brings in Super Bowl knowledge in here. So playing with discipline. Packers not only had the league best 13 giveaways, but they were guilty of the league low 4.11 penalties per game. Penalties and winning aren't always tied hand in hand, but the Rams were second in penalties, 4.29 and won the Super Bowl. The Bengals were third with 4.43 and reached the Super Bowl. So are we going to continue playing this discipline with all these new faces and all these kids? Do we expect them to continue playing disciplined football? 
I, I think that they will play disciplined football. I think that our uh, offense is going to have a lot of trouble with false starts and running the wrong routes and illegal formations and stuff, especially with the rookie uh, wide receiver class. And I do think that uh, our defense is going to be so dominating that it's going to look like we're just picking on people and we might get a handful of penalties that we get just because we're beating on them. So over under 4.11 penalties per game. Jeremy? Over. Over. Jeremy, mark it down. I'll take I'll take I'll have to take the under. I think yes, you always take it under. I have to. Yeah. Ah, fucker. <laughs> All right. They they referenced the schedule here. We are at Tampa and at Buffalo. But can we survive till our week 14 by? Is that week 14 by going to be good or bad and does the schedule help us? <sighs> You know, there's an argument to be said about every single week, which is the best week for the bye. Here is the final four games. Home against the Rams. And then we rest. And then we have Miami, Minnesota, and Detroit to finish off all at home. Four games at home. Yeah, so that's good. That's good. Because then it's home cooking. It's staying in your own beds. Having that bye week in between. That's like having an extra week off, right? But at week 14 kind of sucks. You'd really like it in the middle of the season if you can choose. But uh, at least it's not like week 16 or something. Yep. So Or week, or week two. That's always the worst. Oh. Yeah, the first week of buys. Terrible. We've had a couple of those, like week four or whatever it is, right? And it's like you, can, you barely get the offense running right. And you got to take a week off. Right. So, I mean, at least here we'll see the offense running properly by week 14. Right. And the last one that I found really interesting, dude, when I read the, the, the last nugget, it was less pressure on Rogers. I thought they were talking about the offensive line. They are not. Oh, They're- no. I thought, uh, I yes. think Aaron Rodgers is, he's under more pressure. Do you? Because he's got nothing. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, if Devontae goes away, what does that make him look like? Well, I think our defense is going to help him out in that regard, buddy. I genuinely believe that this defense is going to help carry the offense until they come around. Yeah, me too. The run game and the and the defense. Dude, so there's really, out of those 20, there was only four that we were kind of, eh. But yeah. it, we've got a good shot, is what I'm trying to say. Right on, I buddy. Th- Rapid fire here at the end of the pod. I wanted to throwing a little bit of that but you drive safe and take care of yourself man i can't wait to see you on the zoom again bro it's been a little while i've seen your ugly ass face so i'll be looking forward to seeing it i'll see you wednesday are you not going to say go pack go peace go pack go (laughs) (laughs) this has been packers without borders try and be kind to one another try and love each other And go Pack Go. Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego.